You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina here with Frank Stample, and uh, the announcer said that Mike Florio was going to be with us, but that does not look like Mike Florio right there. Mike Florio aged about 20 years and shaved his beard. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a lot better looking. <laughs> Uh, a man's voice. <laughs> hey, it's Mike Florio. But I can't write a complete sentence, so Florio's got me there. <laughs> well, the the voice you're hearing is uh, Tony Sincata. Uh, basically, he's just uh, continuing his show from last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never left. It's crazy. So I did the show from 11 to 3 a.m. <laughs> And then I got out to the. I went to the airport at four a.m. Get on a flight at six, and now look, I got a microphone in front of me again. Yeah, he tried to nuzzle with the guy next to him on the plane. He was telling me before the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little spoon action on the plane. Well, let me ask you, what's proper plane etiquette, right? I had the window seat. This guy had the middle seat, and he had his seatbelt on, so he didn't take it off and just sat there. And it made me go over him. I felt like I should. I felt like I should drool on him sometime during the flight to get back at him. He should have. He should have thrown some singles at you. I mean, if you're climbing over him, yeah, it was so weird and uncomfortable. What's wrong with people? That's a, that's the question of, uh, of 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 a lifetime. What is wrong with people? But we're gonna have a fun show. Uh, Tony's in town. You got a big draft coming up tomorrow, right, Tony? Yeah, tomorrow, Grand Street Tab, and a lot of the hosts on this channel, uh, some high stakes players and the listeners going together, and twenty four different teams going at it uh, tomorrow. And then we're gonna have two different leagues. We'll have winners of each league, and then we'll have an overall winner. So it's gonna be uh, pretty intense. And you came in because you wanted to apologize uh, to me, right, uh, about what stuff you had said about. Oh, my baseball team, the one that uh, with oh, Florio. And, I was just telling the I was just telling the, the poor and, producer and guys. Yeah, like I said, I didn't think any team with three people could win. Yeah, and now you guys are leading, so they have three. There's a couple three yeah, people exactly. teams. Like, right? We started a trend. You guys yeah. were making fun of us. Yeah, uh, team the morning, BFFs. The morning of um, the draft, it was you, Cardano, was, Mike yeah, Blewett, and, no and George Kurtz. So uh, yeah. it's big of you to come in and apologize in person. That's yeah, really I'm good. like, this is amazing. Three people <laughs> that could get along. Yet I got one knucklehead on the plane that can't get up. What I happened? I don't know if we can consider Cha Cha like you know a person. But <laughs> <laughs> well, a person will be on this show in the second hour. Bob Lung uh, from BigGuyFantasySports.com, author of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Great concept uh, because you know fantasy football is a a head-to-head competition, usually, right? Unless you're playing DFS. And it's not a roto league. So, I mean, you, you want to have be able to draft a, a player that's going to have consistent production from week to week. I'm going to guess that he hates Jay Ajayi. <laughs> just, just taking a random guess right now. Uh, that, that's a person we're going to ask you about. Absolutely. Right, what, what do you guys... I mean, we don't have that much time. Jay Ajayi, yay or nay? I am in on Jay Ajayi. I mean, a lot depends on the offensive line and his health, mm-hmm. but a healthy Mike Pouncey, I think he has top five running back upside. Yay or nay? Yay. Okay, me too. We'll be back. It's
It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at RotoExperts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. If you want to join in on the fun, give us a call, 844-843-6879. Tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. I am Joe Galeen. I'm here with Frank Stanfield, and uh, this is the first time I've had a chance to work with Tony Sincata. He's in studio. Happy to have him here. Oh, this is my dream come true. I've waited all my life. <laughs> to meet Jesus. To meet Jesus and uh, work with Frank Stanfield one-on-one on a Saturday afternoon. Right, no place you'd rather be, yeah, right? Nothing, not at the beach, yeah. no, nothing, right? Like, who goes to New York City and sits in a, in a studio with you two guys? What is wrong with me? <laughs> at least it's cold. Well, yeah. the thing is, you don't have to listen to us today. So if you download the FTSY radio app, listen to us whenever the heck you want. Yeah. You know? I'll tell you what, the app's good because uh, a lot of times, you know, I notice that um, that I go and listen to the fantasy executive when I'm in the shower, <laughs> and I get out a lot quicker. <laughs> uh, recently, we've been uh, added to tune in, d- yeah. download that app, uh, iHeart uh, Radio. We're all over the place. You can listen to Tony like 24-7 if you want. We're yep. going to make a star to you, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus sport a star here. Who am I, Reggie right. Jackson? I don't, I don't, I, you're, uh, let me ask you, Tony. Over the years, I've heard you mention his name a lot, and we're about the same age, give yeah. or take a few years. Uh, are you a Reggie Jackson fan, or no. I know you're a Red Sox? Yeah, fan, he, and he was a killer, right? So yeah. I was never a Reggie Jackson fan, right? And then I hear so many stories about how much of an a hole he is oh, in real life. Yes, and so it makes it hard to believe it. I actually uh, was a friend of mine went to. Um, Oh, I had this happen on Sirius XM, one of the Sopranos I was interviewing, right? And he had his uncle with him at this charity thing, mm-hmm. and he asked him, he says, oh, you know, he knew who I was, said hi. And I asked him if my uncle take a picture with him, and he said no, he, mm-hmm. he made up some excuse. Right. Rich Gossage was watching this whole incident take place, <laughs> and Rich Gossage came over and introduced himself and said, would you like to take a picture with me? Wow. Uh, it didn't hurt that you had a vowel at the end of your name when you're interviewing the Sopranos guys, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We helps. were talking about yeah some crazy <laughs> stuff. He was a little off, off the wall, so it was a lot of fun. But I have my own short personal story with Reggie. Uh, I was probably like 20. Went to a baseball card signing that I paid for. Went up to him and he gave me the dirtiest look. <laughs> signed the thing. Right? And then <laughs> there was an editorial in the paper. You know when when they retired Jeter's number. Yeah. So he's sitting in the crowd. What I don't know why he's not in a special box, but people start to notice him, and they come up to him like Reggie. You know I'm your biggest fan. Uh, and he's like, listen, don't ruin my day. Just <laughs> turn around. And, and about four people came up to him. One gave him a story that their mother was sick and he was their biggest fan. 
And he just consistently said, don't ruin my day. I'm just trying to enjoy the game. Turn around. And he's just a, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sad. But it's sad because he, growing up, he was like my favorite player. That's why I don't get like program director. I don't get program director um, uh, Mike Cardano's not love of uh, Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. the greatest man ever invented. Oh, God, stop. What are you talking about? He saves human beings in the crowd. Uh, kids with uh, uh, you know horrible diseases. He goes over and shakes their hands and then hits a home run. Like this guy's gonna be have movies made of him later in life. He could rescue a cat from a tree next, oh, and God. he'll be in New York uh, probably in a couple weeks, oh, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what's what, holding things up? They're getting the Tim Tebow bobblehead dolls at City Field, right? Oh yeah, they're, they're making them ready. <laughs> He's gonna be up in September. You know it, right? Oh, it has they to need be, to right? sell tickets. You know all the the well, Mets care about his money. Oh, after last night, Curtis Granison. I mean, how many players could you just give away? Right, exactly. Yeah. And apparently, the Yankees offered them more for Jay Bruce, and they turned it yeah. down. <laughs> what's well, going on? They here, wanted Tony? money. They wanted yeah. the cash. Well, they didn't maybe, care about the players. Maybe they had a Jay Bruce bobblehead day planned, and now they're gonna change the name. To uh, Tim Tebow, just sell it off as a Tim Tebow uh, bobblehead there. Who knows? Uh, but that was football last night, guys. Yes. Seahawks played the Minnesota Vikings. Riveting stuff. Riveting stuff. Uh, from from the first play, Russell Wilson was running for his life. So, I mean, we always talk about this terrible uh, offensive line uh, of Seattle, and it looks like it really hasn't gotten them much better. Yeah, and Pro Football Focus had them ranked 32nd heading into the season. And then last night, of course, uh, their project, who they continue to try and progress with him, is George Fant, the left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's apparently suffered a pretty serious ACL injury and is going to be out for the entirety of the season. So, I mean, he was already a project. He was a basketball player coming out of college. They've converted him into an offensive lineman. So you're telling me... That the 32nd ranked offensive line, Seattle Seahawks, just lost another piece of their offensive line. I mean, that is cause for huge concern. Last year, we saw the first half of the season, Russell Wilson wasn't healthy. That's because he was taking a beating. You know, he had knee injuries. He had ankle injuries. Uh, But overall, I mean, he still looked pretty damn good last Mm -hmm. night. Threw for 200 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. My problem for him, for fantasy purposes, is the fact that I think at their core, the Seahawks still want to run the ball. Like, they still, from 2012 to 2015, they were top three in the NFL in rushing attempts. I don't know how great they're going to be at running the ball, but I still think that they're going to pound the, to try and pound the rock down opposing teams' throats. Uh, so I don't know how much volume there will be for what Russell Wilson. And if the offensive line is not great again, and he's running for his life or potentially gets hurt, I'm pretty much avoiding Russell Wilson this year. I don't really want anything to do with him. I know he's finished as a top-five quarterback on two different occasions. Uh, but really, if you look at those two seasons, it was backloaded. It was all like the second half of the season. And I know that helps you for the playoffs. But, I mean, you need to get to the playoffs first. So mm-hmm. the first half of those seasons, he's just so inconsistent and then really turns it on late. And that's what everyone remembers the next year. Oh, Russell Wilson turned it on in the second half. He helped me win a championship. I'm going to draft him again. But really, if you look at his game-to-game production, even in those years where he's a top-five quarterback, very inconsistent. I look at it a little differently. I think you're right. The Seattle Seahawks defense, they want to run the ball. They can't with this offensive line. It is as poor as ever before. I think the running backs are skeptical. I predicted that Russell Wilson will have the most career passing attempts that he's ever had in football this season. Because I think they'll have to. 
But you can also draw the analogy, the more times he goes back to pass, the more at risk he is, yep. and maybe he doesn't play the 16 games. So I think it's a bonus that way, and I think it's a negative that way. And if you're willing to take the risk, I think you could get a guy that at season's end, it wouldn't shock me if he's the number four quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it also wouldn't shock me if he plays 12 games because that offensive line is so poor. Right. So I think he's a guy that... It's a big reward. I think he could really get up there. I think he can really have a fine season. I love what he saw last night. His quarterback rating was 147. He threw mm-hmm. for 200 yards there. Dougie Baldwin's another yeah. guy. He's a guy that gets forgotten. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I like that. They don't really have a number two wide receiver. Those other guys are all too small. I mean, it's amazing. Richardson, what do you think about this case in Williams? 6'3", he, he caught a touchdown good, against yeah. Xavier Rhodes. I mean, I know he's a third-year receiver. Sometimes it takes some of these guys to develop. But you look good last night, didn't he? We get spoiled sometimes with all the great receivers that have come into the league recently, yep. and we expect guys to pick it up right away. I mean, we're seeing the same situation with Nelson Aguilar. This is actually year three. A lot mm-hmm. of people threw him out, and they're still skeptical despite all the reports coming out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But that's how it used to be, right? It used mm-hmm. to be year three when we get these wide receivers. Yep, yep. Um, so um, we're talking about the running game. Uh, Chris Carson. Basically outplayed Eddie Lacy, but uh, Tony, you're a little skeptical uh, about him. Yeah, this kid went late. He's very limited in college. I really think Thomas Rawls is going to have first opportunity. When he was healthy in 2015, he had 5.7 yards per yeah. carry. Marshawn Lynch was on that team and didn't run for that that well with mm-hmm. the same offensive line. So I think Rawls can play. The problem with Rawls is he's a guy that doesn't avoid collision, mm-hmm. likes to run people over. Again, with that poor offensive line, they're going to get a lot of contact there. Can he stay healthy for 17 games? He hasn't shown the ability to do that. Alex Collins was a guy that reminds me. Uh, last year, he was the guy that mm-hmm. everybody was looking at. Right, like Chris right. Carson, he was playing really well in the preseason season and then we never saw him once the season started right yeah I got to agree about Chris Carson seventh round pick very limited in his college career as well you look last year past two years he's played at Oklahoma State didn't have more than 131 attempts in either season Uh, he can score touchdowns you watch him play last night I mean he's built pretty big he's an athletic dude he could catch the ball out of the backfield so he's versatile but this is a complete mess I mean they they signed Eddie Lacy for decent money so they're I think they're going to try and get him involved still Thomas Rawls as Tony mentioned might be the guy he mm-hmm. was getting first team reps in practice the past couple of weeks uh, and that season that Tony was talking about where he averaged over five yards per carry he actually led the entire NFL uh, amongst all running backs with at least 100 carries that season mm-hmm. he led the NFL in yards per carry so uh, I, I do agree I think the ability is there, but he is without a doubt going to miss games at some point this season. And then there's CJ Procise, who looked very well running the ball last year as well. He's kind of a change of pace back. He's more speedy than the other two guys. He's not necessarily going to try and, you know, uh, bulldoze anybody, right. but, you know, he is the speed kind of change of pace back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think that they're going to try and get three different guys the ball here behind a terrible offensive line, which we just spoke about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's going to be a mess. With that being said, in the flex non-PPR draft one week ago from today, I took Eddie Lacy in the eighth round as RB34 off the board, and then I came back in round nine and I took Thomas Rawls. Good job. I think if you're going to do it, you got to try to at least get two of those guys. And in a non-PPR, I'm I'm probably going to avoid ProSize because I think he's going to be more of the the pass-catching back. Mm -hmm. So hopefully between one of those two guys, Lacy and Thomas Rawls, one of them becomes a starter. But honestly, it is a mess. And if you want to completely avoid the situation... I have no problem if you want to do that. Well, what Tony brought up is a good point, that this might be the year that Russell Wilson really ends up airing out the ball. And if he does, 
Doug Baldwin, and let's not forget about Jimmy Graham. Yep. A, a year removed from his big injury, he had a pretty good year last year. So uh, when we come back, more fantasy football. We'll take a look at the Seahawks opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Looking for an edge in your daily fantasy contests? Head on over to DailyRoto.com where you'll find the best free and premium content in the industry. Hone your skills or sweat out your games in the forums by talking DFS picks, strategy, and much more with a talented community of players. Founded by Drew Dinkmeyer, Mike Leone, and Adam Hummel, DailyRoto.com is a passionate site that's packed full of daily fantasy players looking to sharpen their skills. Sign up for free and hop into the conversation at DailyRoto.com. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Juggling along with Tony Sincata. No sleep. From Tony, and we got Frankie Stanford playing a little air guitar, doing a little impression of the king, Scott Engel. Yeah, in case you haven't seen it in a while, Tony. I had to remind you what you were missing in the morning. That's amazing. The king and his air instruments. What's up, Frankie boy? Uh, Joey, I just wanted to throw a couple QBs out there, kind of run down the list. Russell Wilson or this guy? And ask you guys, who would you rather have this season? Okay. So I'm going to run through my ranks. Would you rather have Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins? I'd rather have Kirk Cousins, and I think that I just like that Washington offense, the way they throw the ball, and I know what I'm getting there. I think there's a chance Russell Wilson could exceed Kirk Cousins fantasy-wise this year, but I think there's a lot more danger with Wilson. We've talked about the offensive line issues. Kirk Cousins is not going to run anywhere. He's just going to go back and throw the ball in the pocket. The one thing I worry about Kirk Cousins is... There's all new wide receivers there, right. Right? right? I mean, as good as people think Terrell Pryor is, Terrell Pryor is not a guy that's played wide receiver for more than five years of his life. Right. And now he's sure. learning a new system. So I think people are too high on Terrell Pryor, even though he's a gifted athlete. He's making all the big catches there. And then you got Josh Doxson. We've got to see the guy get on the field. Right. Yeah. And so I think there's things that go wrong with Cousins, but I like Cousins better. That's a very good point because two out of the four of his wide receivers have injury issues. You never know about Reed if he's yeah. going to be on, on the field. He's and Doxson, yep. Uh, Doxson, big play receiver in college, but like Tony said, we haven't seen him uh, do anything yet. In the pros, and so I'm with Tony. I'm going with Cousins also because you can get him a lot later. Yeah, I actually I have Kirk Cousins ranked as my fourth QB off the board right now. Mm-hmm. This is a crazy one, but I I kind of see a buying opportunity right now on Andrew Luck. Would you rather have Luck or Russell Wilson? And it is very tough. I go Russell Wilson. Yep. I don't know what's going on with this Andrew Luck situation because there's no way he should still be out. Mm-hmm. Like if everything went as as uh, according to plan and the surgery, everything went fine. I don't know why he's not playing right now, and that bothers me. The unknown. So I would take Russell Wilson there. I think Andrew Luck, fine quarterback. If he everything was healthy, he would be the probably the number two quarterback. I think it would be Aaron Rodgers and then him. Ahead of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just don't know. He's dropping down to four if, if everyone believes he's healthy. And in other drafts now, we can get him a lot later than that. But I, I just don't understand it. So I think the quarterback position we talk about all the time, you can wait on quarterback. So why take a risk? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait. 
to, yeah. to uh, counter that real quick, quick sorry, Joe. That's right. To counter that real quick, Tony, you mentioned that we could take an Andrew Luck, and because the quarterback position is so deep, I mean, we're talking five, six, seven rounds later. One of your last picks of the draft, you can get a Matt Stafford. You could get a Dak Phillip Prescott, Rivers. a Phillip Rivers, uh, even an Andy Dalton who has a, a plethora of weapons this season. If you pair Andrew Luck with one of those guys, I mean, maybe you miss Andrew Luck the first two, three weeks of the season, but then from weeks three or four on, you could potentially ha- you have a guy who could potentially finish as QB1 every single week in Andrew Luck. Yeah, you're right. But is that something you would do, or I would no, no. no. If it, but if I'm in a draft, like I think this could happen tomorrow. Yeah. If he goes in the eighth or ninth round, yeah, he went in the ninth round of the flex draft. Right. I would take him then. Yeah, I see a buying opportunity. But if he goes here's that the late. problem: you get into like you 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 had the rose painted glasses there, right? <laughs> so he say he comes back week three or four, yep. and you get Matthew Stafford say a little later in the draft. Matthew Stafford plays like great three or four weeks. What do you do week five? And then what do you do week six? Then what do you do week seven? I think as long as you have Andrew Luck on your roster and he's healthy, you're rolling him out there no matter what, regardless of matchup. I think you will start him over, I mean, unless it's something crazy, like he's in Denver against that secondary, and Matthew Stafford has a good uh, matchup. But like most weeks, if you have Andrew Luck and another quarterback, I'm going to probably start Andrew Luck no matter what. But you just need a guy to get you through those first couple of weeks until he gets healthy. And it is definitely risky because they have the injury with Ryan Kelly now. He was the center. He was one of their best offensive linemen on an offensive line, which was not great already. So they lost him. He's out for a couple of weeks, potentially you know a month from now. So that doesn't bode well for him either that once he comes back, he could very well get hurt again. I mean, he takes a big sack. He yeah. hurts that shoulder again, and he's out. And he's so it's definitely run. risky, yeah. but it's one of those, you know, at that point in the draft, round eight or nine, if you're trying to win it all, Eight or nine, shot. yeah, he's got to be on your radar when you get that late, and he's got to be a guy worthy of consideration because a lot of times I'll go in, like, in the fourth round of any league that I'm in. I'm saying, in the fourth round, who is the one guy, if everything went right, that would be a first-round pick? Mm-hmm. And this year, I had him on all my teams. It's Giancarlo Stanton in baseball, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because right. you look at it, People were saying, oh, he's injury prone. He wasn't injury prone. He got hit in the face with a pitch. Right. Yeah. He slid into a base and broke his leg. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are two freak injuries. And you're going to get the same thing in football, like Keenan Allen, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get late in the third round and say, if everything went right, he's the guy that could be a first-round pick. Right. That's exactly the player that mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about. Like, he is pretty much the John Carlos Stanton uh, version in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. So, Joey. Yes, sir. Andrew Luck. Or Russell Wilson. We, we kind of painted know, a whole you, picture you here of everything. Some great points, both of you. But uh, I'm definitely a, a Russell Wilson. Um, look, like Tony mentioned, this was supposed to be like a minor surgery. Now all of a sudden, uh, the, the Colts owner Jim Irsay, he's a blabbermouth. Now all of a sudden, he's fumbling with you know saying, "Well, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's going to be okay for week one. I don't know if he's going to start week one." And then you look at uh, a guy like Cam Newton who had off-season surgery as well. You know, he had to take a week and a half off of, of throwing. So, uh, you know, what's going to happen? You think that luck is just going to be able to just come right back in and, and just, you know, start and, and be effective? And That's another good th- another good point that you brought up is that offensive line, too. Like Wilson, he's going to be running for his life as well. So uh, I'll take the safer bet. I, I, yeah, ninth round, I understand he could be somewhat of a bargain, but uh, I'd, I'd go Wilson. All right, Russell Wilson or, I mean, a personal favorite of mine. I'm going to live or die with him on all of my teams this year. I don't know how you feel about him yet, actually. I haven't heard your opinions on him this season, Tony. James Winston. Oh, I'm not a James <laughs> Winston guy. 
I really think he and Cam Newton are the two most overrated quarterbacks, and a lot of people in these times uh, might look at it as a racial situation, but it's not. It's a completion percentage. I look at it in the NFL. If you can't complete passes, that's the number one thing of a quarterback, right? And Winston's not a guy that runs a lot, so he's not making up those extra points on the on the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, they brought him in another wide receiver. They brought him in another tight end. He's in the third year of his, of his league. So I'm not saying it's definitely not going to happen, but when I see him going as the fifth quarterback off the board... I, I, I shake my head. I say, I don't understand what you're doing here. This is a guy, the completions percentage. Like I was so against Cam Newton winning the most valuable player. He had 57% completion percentage. He was like 22nd. Last year, he had the sixth worst in the history of the National Football League. It's true. I mean, these are situations here that you're a quarterback. you right. got to complete passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the... Uh Replays of, of the Jameis Winston when he was getting sacked the other day, and just as he was going down, he just flung the ball. Tries but, to make something happen when there's nothing to, there. You're on the ground and throwing this ball. Uh, it's just I don't think that he has progressed as much as he should have, and I kind of agree with Tony. I think he's a little bit overrated. Yeah, I currently I have Jameis Winston ranked as my QB six, and I hear what you're saying, Tony, about taking him as QB five off the board. I will never do that. Just because I have him ranked QB6 doesn't mean I take him at that spot off the board. I'm going to wait until he's a good value because I know in a lot of the drafts that I personally have done, there's a lot of people who are in the same camp as you who don't want anything to do do with Jameis Winston, and I personally am in the camp that I think he is going to take a big third-year leap. I honestly, I have said this on the air, and I'm going to stick by it. I think that he can have an Andrew Luck light type season. I understand that the completion percentage hasn't been great, but you look at what he's trying what he's had to do in the past. He hasn't really had a great number 2 option to throw to besides a Mike Evans. The the reason why his completion percentage, I really do believe this has been so low is because he's trying to force feed. Like he's trying to force feed Evans when he has he's being triple covered in the red zone or down the field. Now he has a Deshaun Jackson to attract some of that safety uh, attention away from a Mike Evans to, you know, stretch the field, have guys you can do more over the middle of the field now with a Cameron Bray and OJ Howard, let Mike Evans do his things. You have capable pass catchers out of the backfield. I honestly believe James Winston can flirt with 4200 plus passing yards this year, 30 plus touchdowns. I know the rushing production probably won't be great. I mean, we're talking about 200 rushing yards, maybe two, three rushing touchdowns this season. But if you add all that up, that is going to be an Andrew Luck light type season. Uh, but the turnovers will probably still be an issue in that 15, 16 uh, interception range. Yeah, that's one thing to definitely keep track of, what the scoring is in the league that you're in yeah. with those interceptions, because he'll be one of the guys up top there. This is why I don't, I'm don't. i a little worried about Christian McCaffrey, and I've picked him too, is that... Jameis Winston's a guy that likes to force the big play. Mm-hmm. I think Cam Newton's very similar, and that's why their completion percentages are poor. Yep. And throwing the ball to a running back out of the backfield is a lot harder than people think it is mm-hmm. when you're not accustomed to doing it, and you're a guy that's throwing the ball downfield. I mean, you look at Jaquise Rogers. That's what he's there for. Throw him the ball out of the backfield and get those completion percentages up. Doug Martin can catch mm-hmm. balls out of the backfield. They don't incorporate these things into these guys' games because they like to throw the ball down the field. Right. And that's why I'm worried about McCaffrey a little. Hmm. Yeah, I hear you. All right, so that, those were pretty much the, the big guys there. I mean, I am... Well, you mentioned uh, Winston. Mariota, where does he stand on your, on your rankings? Because they both came in at the yeah. same time. They both have been progressively getting better. Mariota's got some nice weapons this season, too. I don't yeah. know what you bo- guys both think about him. I have Mariota ranked QB 8 right now. So uh, right now I have Kirk Cousins 4, Andrew Luck 5, Winston 6, Stafford 7. I'm very high on Stafford. 
Mariota eight, and then Russell Wilson nine, and Matt Ryan ten. Mm. I really don't. I'm not buying in on Matt Ryan. New offense there. I mean, he had a career year across the board last year. I mean, we're talking about a historic season. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to drop off that much. I, I agree with you. There's going to be some drop off, but I think they're going to run the same offense. They're going to run the same offense, but the numbers last year were historic. Of course, yeah. I, over there, he's at 31 years of age. Mm-hmm. It, it was so crazy. Marcus Mariota. People don't realize from week five to week 12 last yeah. year, the number one player in all of fantasy. Yeah. That was with. Subpar wide receivers. Right, right, right. So I think everything's there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll run coming off that knee injury, and he picked up a lot of those yards running. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't pick him very early, mm-hmm. but I'm saying he could absolutely move a guy in the top five or six if everything went right. Yeah, yep. my biggest problem for Mariota is volume. I don't mm-hmm. know that the Titans are just going to unleash him and let him throw the ball, you know, 550-plus times. Mm-hmm. They don't have to. They have a Derrick Henry. They have DeMarco Murray. They have a great offensive line. So I just, I'm just not sure the volume is going to be there for Mariota. I'd still take a Winston Stafford Cousins over him. Right. They're going to throw the ball a lot this year. All right, more fantasy football talk on Weekend Fantasy Update when we come back. It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at RotoExperts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. And we're back on the Weekend Fantasy Update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, Frank Stanfall, and Tony Sincata. Tony had an interesting uh, take on, on the Vikings. Yeah, I, you know, it's a weird time in the world we live in. Like, we protest everything. Yet the Vikings, right? We named the team the Vikings. They are basically ship robbers. Pirates, right? They're ship robbers. How come we don't protest those names? Are we still focused on the Redskins, and then we're going to work on these two next? Is yeah. that what's going to happen? It's coming. Now, are you a guy that says Redskins? Uh, I do, but there are times when I try to be uh, conscious that it might hurt some people's feelings, you know. But uh, I, I say Redskins. The Washington. That's probably turn my mic on. It's probably turn my mic on, right? Yeah. The Washington football team. That's what Corey Parson refers yeah, to. Yeah, and Nando Defino was there. See, I, I feel for their plight, but I'm, I'm kind of confused. For one. I've read a lot of different stories where some people think it's a positive for mm-hmm. the Redskins. Like, they just like to be recognized. Right. And they look at that in the community. Um, and then secondly, I'm not that good that I, <laughs> I can remember every time. Yeah. I just say the name Redskins because I've been saying it for 40-something years. Yeah. 
And uh, I mean, the symbol on the, on the helmet is a noble, yeah, uh, Native American warrior. It's not like a, a goofy guy. Like I, you know, I can understand maybe Cleveland Indians. Uh, yeah, got I was gonna say Chief looks like he's drunk sitting on a park bench, right? Right. But the other guy looks like he's ready for war. Right. He's a noble Native American warrior. Yeah. I don't mean to insult anyone. You know, it's the team from Washington, right? But let's talk about the team from Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, last night, uh, look, uh, Dalvin Cook. He looked pretty good last night against what it was the uh, the best run defense uh, Seahawks uh, from last season. Yeah, early on in the game, he did not look great. I was tweeting it out. The first drive, he had three carries for six yards. Mm-hmm. Again, that was going up against one of the the tougher run defenses in the NFL. But then on it was either the second or the third series. He had runs of 15 yards, mm-hmm. 9 yards, and 9 yards all yeah. in a row. Three straight carries. Also catching the ball, too, out of the backfield. Yep, and he, so he finished with seven rushing attempts for 40 yards against... This was against the Seahawks once. Like, yeah. he was playing yeah. against... You know, the same Seahawks team that they're going to put out there week one of the season, that defensive line, those linebackers, and he was still able to run for 40 yards with a makeshift offensive line because they didn't have, they were missing some of their starters last night as well. Mm -hmm. Talk about the Seahawks offensive line not being great. The Vikings were in that camp last year. They were absolutely terrible, had a lot of injuries, uh, made some additions in the offseason. So I think they will be better, probably closer to average this season. Uh, But even if they're just average, I think Dalvin Cook can be, you know, successful and pay off maybe a third round pick I feel like people are starting to overvalue him a little bit I mm-hmm. loved him going in the fourth round now he's starting to go up in, in the third round around that you know McCaffrey Isaiah Crowell range uh, even in our flex non-PPR last week he went in the second round to Jake Seeley and I know that he is not afraid to take these rookie running backs because he's always trying to project forward uh, but I, I, I can see it I can see that out of the three rookie running backs Dalvin Cook has the least competition for carries I am worried a little bit about Latavius Murray stealing goal line touches, but you know, got to get on the field, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think that as of right now, out of the three running, the rookie running backs right there in that range, Cook, Mixon, and McCaffrey, he's the lock for fifteen to twenty touches per game, mm-hmm. and it bodes well that Sam Bradford is his quarterback. Don't forget Fournette, because yeah, because Brad, Bradford can't throw the ball down the field, and he's just not going to take that chance. So mm-hmm. it, he's going to target his uh, his running backs out of the backfield. That helps with Dalvin Cook. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know, if he plays 16 games, I could see him getting 40-plus receptions this season. I uh, I didn't love him coming into the league. There's medical concerns. Yeah. Some teams took him off the board yeah. because mm-hmm. of the shoulder, shoulder situations. I did a little investigation, a little more research on his off-the-field issues. A lot of those happened really early in college, and he seemed to straighten himself out and take it more seriously. So I, I'm not worried about that. I, the Latavius Murray thing, too. Is, is bothersome because if you bring in Latavius Murray, that's all you have him for is the goal line situations, right? Yep. right? Mm-hmm. So you got a back that's a rookie. We don't have enough backs in Belkow, so it's still good to have him on your team, especially if he's going to explode. And I get it, but I don't go any earlier than the third round. I think the second round is too much for reach for a guy that's going to not have the ability to get in the end zone. Now, I'll take LaShawn McCoy, right? It looks like LaShawn McCoy is not going to get the goal line carries, which he did last year and still had 15 touchdowns, right? Right, right. Which but, is insane. Right, which I think is unrepeatable. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. though I think he'll catch more balls this year yeah. on the backfield. If he stays healthy, right. that's one concern because I think they'll overusage uh, him. He's a guy that if I take him, I want his his, his backup, like Jonathan Williams. Yeah. Because he's an older back, but definitely still. But that's why I won't take McCoy at number five because he's not getting the goal line carries. So it, it really limits the upside, and I feel the same way about Delvin Cook. That's why late third round I'm okay with. 
but I think they only get a limited upside because I think Latavius Murray is only there for one reason to get the ball to the goal line. Right. You, you talk McCoy, and right around the same time that you could get McCoy, you could get uh, Devonta Freeman. Who would you rather have? Um, and I know you're a huge Freeman guy, yeah, Tony. I would go Freeman because mm-hmm. I think Tevin Coleman is actually one of the most overrated backs in the league. <laughs> if you look at he scored like every nine times he touched the ball. That's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And he was, if you look at the number of touches he actually got, that was not a split backfield. Devonta Freeman touched the ball way more times. Mm-hmm. It's just Coleman gets so many touchdowns, you know, every nine times he touched the ball, it looked like that he was sharing the backfield and he wasn't. So when those numbers equalize, people don't realize Devonta Freeman was the number six running back last year in points scored. Mm-hmm. The year before, he was number one. Right. I mean, that's the guy. Yeah, people want to talk about touches overall and don't realize that while Devonta Freeman only had 220 carries last year, Sean McCoy only had like 234 in that range, so he didn't have a ton of carries last season as well. I do, I do agree with you that I think the receptions could go up for Lashawn McCoy because Tyrod Taylor is dealing with a bunch of weapons that he's never thrown to before, so he'll probably have to lean on a Lashawn McCoy. Still think that he can be in that eight to ten touchdown range, which warrants him, you know, being drafted in that anywhere from six through eight in the first round. I think right now, uh, I personally would still go with McCoy just because we've. It's, it's hard to say that we've seen him do it for so long because we've seen Freeman do it two years in a row as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just do worry about Tevin Coleman being there. I think that he will get more touches than a Jonathan Williams backing up a LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. So I do worry about that. But, you know, you can argue either way. I'm not going to tell you that there's a right or wrong answer. Right. Yeah, I'm starting to, to uh, gravitate towards Freeman a little bit more. Uh, just the youth uh, is something that uh, I like, too. Yeah. And like Tony said, he's been... Uh, one of the more productive backs. Follow but, the money. Yeah, yeah. If you ask me, I would personally take Melvin Gordon over Devontae Freeman. I don't know how you feel about uh, Melvin Gordon. Tony. I'm going to tell you, it's crazy. I uh, took uh, my first draft, I took Devonta Freeman. Then the second draft, I took uh, Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. And when I took Melvin Gordon, I think I made a mistake. If you really look at what Gordon did last year, the 12 touchdowns, yeah. the year before he had zero, and Danny Woodhead was actually getting the goal line carries. Yep. So which is the real Melvin Gordon? Mm-hmm. I think he's a, a great back because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he can run. That offense, they were not healthy last year at the wide receiver position, so I think that uh, predicated a lot of those throws and a lot of those scoring opportunities. Now with Antonio Gates still there, they still have the other tight end, Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. You got a couple of those guys out there. How much of that touchdown dependency is going to be there again for Gordon to get those 12 touchdowns? Those are going to be big. Where I'm, I'm convinced Devonta Freeman is going to get 10 touchdowns easily. Yeah. yeah. I, still, I still think that Melvin Gordon is a lock for 8 to 10 touchdowns. Uh, health is still a concern because we've seen two years in a row now that he hasn't been able to finish the season. But I just look at that Chargers team overall, and I think that they're going to be such a potent offense. They're going to get down the field a lot this year. Uh, I, I think they're going to be in a lot of shootouts this season overall, too think the yards per carry gets up. I know he uh, Melvin Gordon only averaged 3.9 yards per carry last year. I think he gets over 4 yards per carry, uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Very versatile. I, I think you know you, you can argue either way for him. Mm-hmm. Really, all three of these guys, McCoy, Freeman, and Melvin Gordon, I think a lot of people have them in their own little tier together. You can argue for each one of them, but overall, I think all three are going to be productive right. this year. And Anthony Lynn there, former Bills offensive coordinator, is going to help him. Supposedly they're bringing in some kind of a simpler zone running scheme yep. to try to get his uh, yards per carry up there. So uh, I guess it's your personal preference. That's where it ends up, right? But back to the Vikings and their uh, their receivers. Um, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, 
I have no idea where to take these guys. Yeah, I was. Is it similar to a a Koopa Crabtree where you wait on digs maybe and take Thielen a few rounds later? Uh, I think I want digs, but uh, you know what? He goes earlier than I anticipated each and every draft I'm in. Mm -hmm. And you look at what Sam Bradford does. He'll lock on one of these receivers last year when digs got hurt. Thielen was the guy there. Um, Where do you have these guys ranked, Frank? Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going a little bit too high. I haven't been able to pull the trigger on him in a fourth or fifth round, and that's where I see him going in a lot of these drafts. I actually have Stefan Diggs ranked number 31 in standard, and then I think I have him within my top 25 in PPR. Pulling that up, 27. So I would still take a Pierre Garçon over him in PPR. I would still take a Larry Fitzgerald. I love Jamison Crowder this season. I think he can have a monster season. Uh, So I'm taking those guys over Diggs. I'm just worried. I know his pace last year. He was on pace for over 100 receptions for the entirety of the season. Stefan Diggs, that is. But we saw that once he went down, Sam Bradford liked Adam Thielen. I still think that Kyle Rudolph is going to be in the mix there a lot as well. I do like Kyle Rudolph. I have him ranked as my tight end six. So I just think that there are a lot of targets here and that Stefan Diggs isn't going to demand or command mm-hmm. you know, that those wide receiver one targets that I think a lot of people are expecting. Well, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, Diggs is going sixth round, seventh round, and Thielen's going around the the eleventh round. So, uh, Kyle Rudolph is is someone who really came on late last season. Uh, he's a tight end that I target. Uh, you guys, have any love for him? Yeah, absolutely. You look, once Pat Shermer took over as the offensive coordinator last season, he just went off. Kyle Rudolph was uh, extremely targeted in the second half of the season. He was getting a ton of receptions. Uh, I worry a little bit about the the touchdowns, but hey, they call him uh, Rudolph the, the, the red zone t- <laughs> yeah. tight end, right? Or, no, red zone reindeer. The red zone reindeer. So there you go. Hopefully, hopefully we could see the, the touchdowns come up a little bit. But I do think he's right after that group of, you know, Jimmy Graham, uh, Zach Ertz. I have Kyle Rudolph as the next guy up. All right. When we come back, more football talk. Blake Bortles and Chad Henney in a quarterback battle. Ugh. <laughs> we'll be right back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galina picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Next hour, we have Bob Lung from BigGuyFantasySports.com. He's going to join us. He's the author of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Right here, uh, I'm Joe Glenn. I'm joined by... You're right, Tony. Yeah, that was my. Uh, I wasn't sure if the mic was on. Right? So testing, testing. Yeah. I wanted to pretend. You know, it, I, and I always say, 
Uh, the World of Fantasy News is my name is, and I always want to say Eminem, but yeah, I yeah. don't. I say Slim Tony Sincar. <laughs> <Your name is, laughs> uh, yeah, Bob Long, he works for Big Guy Fantasy. Like, has anyone verified that? <laughs> I mean, well, anybody? That's why, that's why you're here. <laughs> I mean, you're going to test it out. What everyone called, how come nobody wants to be the little man fantasy? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. In, in a world where we're so PC, right? <laughs> we can't just single out big guys. What about the little guys? Nobody wants to be the little guy Vince McMahon set the midget uh, people back so many years right because everybody's so politically correct he's afraid to have them on TV that's before Frank's time I'm sure he doesn't remember they used to be midget wrestling every week there'd be one match right Sky Low Low was one of the guys that was all knocking people around and now it's not on TV right because everybody thinks oh you're exploiting them well now they're out of work it's very sad. Frank, you know, you're so lucky because when we used to watch wrestling when we were kids, at least me, Fabulous Moolah, she was like 70 and she was the champion for like 30, 40 years. Now oh you have these God. divas. Yeah, now, yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah, used to have the bra and panty matches uh, not too many long. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember and those we growing a, up. We to watch the Fabulous Moolah. Yeah. So. That's how I became a man watching those bra and panty matches. <laughs> I became a man um, watching. Uh, we had Farrah Fawcett posters. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time. It was like a bronze. First time. It was a bronze panties match, or it was something involving. I want to say it was Sable, and uh-huh. oh, we, yeah, we yeah. know Sable. You know, uh, Trish the, Stratus. Maybe the referee w- was grabbed her oh, from boy. behind and was trying to like drag her out. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I must have been like eight or nine years old. And I looked over at my dad and I said, "I wish I was that referee." <laughs> and he was just like. You became a what? man today, my son. <laughs> I thought you were a kid. Like, what? I'll never forget it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I used to go to wrestling. Um, me and my brother, we were like 12 or 13 when we first started going alone. And we would take the train into the Boston Garden. It be every once a uh, month on a Saturday night. And we could take the train back and forth. And we got so crazy. We would make these perverted signs. <laughs> And then we, we decided, we like, we'd always get seats like in the first two or three rows. And then we decided, no, we're going to get front row balcony, right? So we can throw the Super Balls into the ring. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the, the things you get for yeah, quarter. Yeah. Like, and, and we would bounce them in the ring and out. And uh, it was crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm surprised Vince McMahon personally didn't come up and kick your ass. Imagine all the people, right? So you threw those down into the ring. They must have launched into the other side of the crowd, smacked somebody right in the face. That was Tony Sinkow. The first concert I ever went to at Boston was Ozzy Osbourne, right? And took $8.25. Damn. People were taking newspapers, lighting them on fire, and throwing them off the balcony. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boston, you guys are crazy. I was like, what's going on here? I said, buddy, your jacket, this guy's stoned out of his mind. Hey, your jacket's on fire. <laughs> it, it, right? And he stamps on it and goes, thanks, man. <laughs> Well, it, it is SummerSlam weekend, right? Yeah, so and, NXT uh, you're, you're, tonight right? and then your, tomorrow your co-host is SummerSlam. Eric Young, uh, Fantasy Football BFFs. Yep, check uh, us out on every YouTube. Day, five days a week, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, and on the Fantasy Sports Radio YouTube channel. So uh, what's the big match th- this this uh, SummerSlam? I know you're going to see Eric Young tonight. Yep. And it's a rumor that he could legitimately have a belt, unlike Susmania. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Young is, is wrestling for the tag titles tonight at NXT. Tomorrow night, SummerSlam, the big main event is Brock Lesnar in a fatal four-way defending his championship Mm -hmm. against Roman Reigns, Mm -hmm. uh, Braun Strowman, and Samoa Joe. Don't you think this... uh uh, Braun Strowman and uh, Roman Reigns, they've been just fighting too too, too long. It's going on too long. Yeah. But I know it's a four-way thing. But when we come back... You ever been I, in a four-way? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. We'll discuss this uh, 
Hope it'll be commercial. <laughs> Jaguars, maybe, like we said, and Bob Long. <laughs> we'll be back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. <laughs> 